Welcome to episode 195 of the FW Podcast in Shaftesbury, Vermont. I'm Jody White, joined from Hopkins, Minnesota, by the one and the only Kyle Wood. Hello, hello. Kyle, I think we've got a pretty good show this week. Uh, it's a little blustery outside right now. Uh, there might be some animals, as per <laughs> usual. Uh, but we've got Cody Honor coming on the show, and we actually have an interview planned ahead of time, which is kind We're, of a big deal, a big deal for us. We got our stuff together. Yeah. Uh, so we got that. We've got uh, some smallmouths to talk about. Duh. Uh, I guess we'll touch on the Forestwood Cup because it's coming up. Uh, it definitely even is. If, even if you and I don't necessarily have anything brand new to say about it, we're going to think about it a little. <laughs> definitely. Um, we've got uh, we got to recap the Costa camp that was, uh, well, the Costa FLW high school fishing summer camp uh, mm-hmm. that was held down in Kentucky last week that you attended. I'm sure you learned a lot, hit up a lot of seminars, you know, got some good uh, good knowledge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got the um, juice. And uh, then we've got some recent derbies from BFL to college fishing, some action to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Sound about right? It does, man. Let's get to it. All right. Well, in that case, here is uh, Forest Wood Cup qualifier Rookie FLW Tour Pro, Cody Honor. And now we are joined by Cody Honor. Uh, rookie on tour this year. Finished 39th overall. Qualified for the Forestwood Cup first year out. Uh, didn't really put a scare in for Rookie of the Year, but certainly had a great season. Uh, made one top 10. Cody, thanks for coming on. And uh, congratulations on, a rook- on your rookie year and uh, making the cup. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, it's always a good thing if I'm on one of the podcasts and I really appreciate it. It was, it was quite the year, a lot of ups and downs, but it was super exciting. I guess, um, you know, speaking of ups and downs, you, you booked three triple digit finishes and then you finished 40th or better every other time or well, 39th or better every (laughs) other time. Like that is it's rare that somebody puts that much fluctuation into a season and doesn't end up on the bad end of it and in the hundreds in points. So, like, what was it like? <laughs> oh, it's... You know, that I, I don't want to say that's how my fishing usually has gone, but there, there are times where I make pretty good decisions and there are times where I can just absolutely fish myself in a circle and get nothing done on a day of fishing. Um, but this this year, I can say, I can honestly say that there was one tournament where I just I I had no idea what I was doing on the water. And there was a couple other the two other um, real bad finishes. I had some kind of unfortunate stuff happen um, that kind of uncontrollable stuff, you know, some lost, a bunch of lost key fish or, you know, stuff that you can't control. I mean, or at least you think you can't control it. That happened. Um, so that's kind of one of my main focuses for next year is working on that, making, even if I can't make those bad finishes, uh, great, um, sending those, 125th to 80th. That's a that's a big deal of sticking for sticking around and having a career. Uh, for sure, because honestly, if you can, you know, if you can bump those 120th up to 80th and keep, you know, making a whole bunch of cuts and stuff, like all of a sudden, you know, we're talking like, you know, FLW Tour hero status. That's like that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that'd be ideal. Um, that that's definitely that that's my ultimate goal i mean this is a this is a huge learning year absolutely i i've told this to uh countless people around like my community and, and friends that i fish with i le- i've learned more this year about who i am as a fisherman and just fishing in general than i would say the past eight i mean it's it's been remarkable 
I can honestly say I'm twice the fisherman I am at the end of the end, the end of this year than when I started the year. That's a that's pretty incredible. What like what what do you think is went into that? Just fishing more, or just seeing so many new circumstances, fishing around people? What's what goes into that? Really, I think it comes down to like a lot of sports. Um, like, you know, we're, I, I have a big hockey family. Um, and it seems like when we played really good teams, we rose to their level and played at their level. And when we played lesser teams, we seem to sink to their level and, and play at that, that small ball size stuff. Now fishing against these guys after that Okeechobee tournament and Harris tournament, it really opened my eyes to I'm in a completely different caliber of fishermen. And it, it forces you to learn faster and speed up your decision-making and making everything um, as perfect as you can on the water. You want to have your decisions as quick as you can um, without overstepping your bounds throughout the day. But it, it just it forces you to be a better angler and if you don't you're going to get left in the dust is kind of what i realized all right taking it back to like the beginning of the season what were your goals going in because you know some guys start the rookie year and yeah they'd love to qualify for a, a cup but the goal might just be to get some checks or something like that and to really see so what 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 did you have in mind because i imagine this was a successful season albeit maybe not exactly the way you thought it would be Oh, it, it isn't. Um, I mean, I, I'll be the first person to admit that I, I completely misjudged the caliber of fishermen that, that we're fishing against. I mean, they they totally, I guess I, I'd never fished against a lot of these guys, so I didn't really know what they were capable of. And time and time again, it impressed me. So I had, I had lofty goals for this year. Um, I wanted, I wanted to make, um, I wanted to make a top 10. That was that was a big goal. I wanted to make the cup, and I wanted rookie of the year. Those are my three big ones. Um, and two out of three is not bad. Yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> that last tournament, I, I was able to accomplish two of those goals, which I was extremely I'm extremely fortunate to have happen. But I'm super happy with the way the season went, and especially how I ended it. Yeah, for sure. Tell me about St. Clair, because, you know, you had made, uh, you made day three at Smith Lake and uh, scuffled pretty hard on the third day, but right. at St. Clair, day three was actually your best day of the tournament. Um, so, right. just tell me about that tournament as a whole, uh, you know, for folks who didn't tune in or whatnot, how you caught your fish, and then just, like, how that top ten experience was, and how you made it happen. Right. Um, well, I'm from the north, so I'm I've grown up fishing smallmouth pretty much my whole life. But have a pretty good understanding of of how they act and what baits they baits they eat and when they eat what baits at certain times and you know that that sort of thing. But I have never been to a smallmouth body of water like St. Clair. And for the people that haven't fished St. Clair, it's just a gigantic tapering flat with patches of scattered grass on it. That's all it is. And the way I approach this tournament, uh, actually, it's it's really ironic because before we even came, I even went to the tournament, both Chad Grigsby and I were working a, a St. Croix Rods Customer Appreciation Day in Park Falls, Wisconsin. And we were joking on what we needed to qualify for the cup. And he was laughing because he, he's like, I need to go there to win. And I was laughing because I said, I said, I at least need a top 10, probably a top five. So we, we knew it was possible, right? I knew it was possible, but I, I hadn't had that, um, that success yet. So I went in the mindset of, I'm going to fish my strengths. I'm going to trust my gut fully. And whatever decisions I make in pre-practice are going to be right. I'm going to trust them 100%. I'm not going to look back on anything any any thought that was in my head where maybe I shouldn't be doing this, I'm going to go with my gut fully. And my gut 
um, the first day, first couple of days of practice were a little slow on me as far as what I thought I needed. And practice was okay. I was catching a lot of fish, like most everybody, but mostly like two and a half to three and a half pounders, not what you really needed. And I decided that the best way to find fish was to use my big motor and idle around a lot. And the way, and the way to efficiently grab and look for fish on St. Clair is not your normal five miles an hour, four and a half miles, miles an hour of idling. Um, because it's so huge, you're covering these massive flats. So what I like to do, and I do this on a lot of lakes that fish, is going, keeping your boat almost on pad or as long as your graph will read something. Whether it's because all you're looking for, what I looked for was a stitch of grass, um, holes in the grass, highways, veins in the grass, or taller patches of it in massive flats of grass. And that's not very hard to pick out, even when you're going that fast. If you if you see a blip, um, how I found it was going that fast. And if I saw a blip that I may have thought was something different in the grass, I turn around real quick leave a waypoint, turn around, check it. If it wasn't anything, if it was just more grass, I erased it, went, moved on. Um, but if it was something, I would search around in that area a little bit more to see if there's anything different about just that little spot. If there's more big, tall patches of grass or if it was just that single one. If it was that single one, I left a waypoint on it, and you might, I might have caught a couple fish, but not a big group of them. And the couple areas I did find were – the best looking grass in uh, probably a four, probably a four mile area, and the one spot, uh, Joey. Um, oh man, we we're talking about butchering last name. The Fuentes, yes. Sorry, Joey. Um, he we, probably we accepts your apology. On, <laughs> yeah, we we ended up fishing the same area um that first day that first second third and fourth day and i found one other area which i had a lot of confidence in to to catch you know better than average size better than that 18 pound bag once you had kind of like found your grass and found your goods um how did it progress during the tournament um you know Day to day, did you oh, have to make okay. adjustments, or were you able to okay. pretty much do the? Uh, were you able to pretty much do the same thing every day? Well, fortunately, um, well, there's little there's little windows throughout the day, like that. The first morning, we had a pretty good chop on the water, and in practice, I was catching most of the bigger fish on a crankbait, just burning it as fast as I could, and I do that. I do that quite a bit up um, up where I live, burning a crankbait, stuttering, stopping it, just getting, trying to get a reaction bite out of those bigger fish. Um, so I was able to do that in the morning, the first morning, and then when it started to die, um, I either throw, when that wind slacks off and it's sunny and calm, smallmouth, you could either pitch a drop shot around, or you could throw what I call like a curiosity bait. And to me, a curiosity bait are slow moving, um, baits like a hair, a hair jig, marabou hair jig, um, or a spy bait is another great one. And they ended up, I couldn't catch any fish on a hair jig, uh, which is puzzling to me because I catch them a lot during mayfly hatch, which is what we had on St. Clair. Uh, but they were biting a spy bait extremely well. And it was, it was odd because in my areas, it would go with spurts. Um, for 20, 30 minutes at a time, you could do no wrong with a spy bait. But when it would die down, I would pick up a drop shot and just do the traditional pitching around with a, um, a big bite, uh, you know, minnow bait, a uh, five-inch minnow bait. And that was, I was basically, for most of the tournament, I was using three baits. I was using... Um, a deep diving crankbait, a spy bait, and a drop shot. And from there, you just gauge what their temperament was because there's these huge wads of fish, and it wasn't like they were leaving you. They were there to stay. So you just had to figure out and work those fish until, and capitalize on all the bites you got. 
That's uh that's pretty cool. Um, I guess, you know, kind of after that tournament and sort of as you've now like taken stock of the Forestwood Cup, what's your what's your vibe going into the cup? Because uh, you, I mean, you obviously you, I guess you know what the competition is like now. Granted, there's fewer guys, but these are the best right. of the best. Uh, so what what do you think? What do you want to do with the cup? Are you there to win? Are you there to? I want to have a good showing. I guess you got to be there to win, right? I, I am. I, I'm. You know, I'm. Ever since I stopped playing, you know, sports, um, I'm all. I grew up in a pretty competitive family, so I'm a competitive person, and you always want to win. And now, but unfortunately, in our sport, winning isn't. You know, it is everything, and it isn't at the same time. Um, you still have to make a living and you have to pay the bills at the end of the tournament. So you can't always go for the win is something I figured out this year, the hard way. But now coming to this tournament, um, we don't have to worry about points. We don't have to worry about taking second place because other than Scott Canterbury, I can't think of another person who took second place at a single cup there there in my mind, there's, there's really only one position at this tournament. This is a tournament that you let it all go loose and you fish, you fish to win, you fish your strengths. It's not a matter of finding the fish out and having an okay finish. You, you fish your, you fish your strengths and, and roll the dice a little bit and see, see what you can come up with. All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going for a win. Um, so <laughs> it's on, happens, I don't know. <laughs> It's on Wachita in August. Uh, you went down and pre-practiced a little bit. Can you give me just a little bit of a vibe for the lake? Um, yeah, yeah, I can. I I definitely like the layout of the lake. Uh, two, one of my favorite lakes is for tournament fishing is Table Rock Lake, and it they are two completely different fisheries, but the layout of the lake is very similar. Um. As far as what I saw uh, while I was down there, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's it's what it is in the south in the summertime, especially on a body of water that's clear and has has bait fish in schoolers and stuff like that. It's going to be tough. It spreads the fish out and makes them spurty um, on how you can catch them. But I, when I was down there, I saw glimpses of what the lake is capable of producing. So I'm definitely excited, but I also I also know how fragile um, how fragile a fishery it can be on people. I know that from what I saw, I know 20 plus pound bags are possible, but I also know you could probably back it up with a zero or two fish. So it, it it's going to be an awesome tournament because it's tough fishing. But I think the possibility of a guy coming from 30th place and winning is definitely possible. I like that. Very I think intriguing. I think that's kind of fun too. That you can when when it's not a sort of foregone conclusion. Well, you know this guy's going to be able to run it out because this is like it's just that good. And if you get off to a big lead, you're good. You know, like right, right. I, yeah. Um, you know, if someone if someone is able to put, you know, two of those. 20 plus bomb bags together and i'm not saying it's um it's doable but i'm definitely saying it's possible um just seeing the quality of fisher in that lake and seeing the the size of bass that actually live in there i did i did not expect to see some of the size of fish that i saw um i thought from what i gathered from previous tournaments i thought it was full of two to two and a half pounders and then you're there's a rare five pounder lingering around that you wanted to catch and that that really didn't seem to be the case um but i think catching those five of those giant fish is is extremely tough just due to uh the conditions being the middle of summer in the south um and it being a super clear body of water but it if they're there, anything can happen. If they're there, you can catch them. And okay. If you can put two, uh, 
if you can put two of those big bags together, I'd say you run away with it. All right. Well, I like uh, I like that. I like that you've seen some quality. I mean, that's gotta it's gotta make you feel like pretty decent going in. Because for one, did you get to pre practice for all of these lakes this year? Because a lot of them were probably totally new to you, and you just showed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. Um, I pre-practiced Lanier uh, just because we um, we were going down to Harris, and that was our next stop, and it was on the way. I stopped there for a day. But other than that, I, I did not. Um, I wasn't able to get any time to to pre-practice um, just because of work and, and whatnot. But, but yeah, it, and this one, it, it was, it was kind of critical. I, I wanted to go and pre-practice it just because it's such a big event and it's the middle of the summer. I mean, they must, they may drop the water levels a little bit, which could change some, some things up. But for the most part, you're still dealing with a summer pattern. You're still dealing with the same type of fishery. I'm, I wasn't necessarily looking for spots while I was down there or, you know, a winning area, but I just wanted an idea of how it was possible to catch the right fish down there and then have that idea when I, when I go into the official practice in the tournament. Yeah. Which now you got four days too. So that's another added little bonus. Right. Uh, do you that's like awesome. that? Uh, cause some I, guys don't okay, at I, all. And I, it's like, it's too I, long guys beat on them. I don't need that much time. What's your vibe? Um, I think it's nice as far as, you know, idling, um, rush oh, files. And that, that's for sure. <laughs> That's uh that's really nice, but um I guess I'd have to agree with a lot of the guys. I think um fishing as far as fishing four days is is a lot. I mean you can you can see a lot of the lake in four days where I, I think I'd rather um go into the tournament with an idea and then run from there. I, I don't wanna know exactly where all the fish are in the lake. I don't necessarily want to have too much history like oh i caught a i caught a three and a half there i should run to that spot i should i caught a five over here i should go check that area i i don't that that usually leads to uh bad tournaments for me when i start running history yeah no that that does make sense uh for sure and i guess you can kind of the nice thing is if you want to you can play that like pretty easily if you are like you know what, day two of practice or day three of practice, I'm gonna sleep in a little bit, and day four of practice is when I'm really gonna hit it hard one more time. You can do that, you know, and you can kind of right. you can ration right. it a little too to deal with the weather, which is probably a nice thing. Um, as far as four days goes, yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot easier. Um, you're gonna have options with your days. You're gonna be able to spend your days uh, wisely. Whereas, you know, most of the, most of our practices, there's been times where I wish I could have saw one other part of the lake, um, because we only had three days or I wish I could have graphed a little bit more over in this section. I wish I could have tried this other pattern because a lot of times with three days, you're not able to do everything you want to do in a normal tour event. So in this event, you're going to be able to see everything you want to see. Uh, you're going to be able to grab as many brush files as you want. You're going to be able to check shallow. You're going to be able to check schoolers, where they're schooling at, what their ten- their patterns are. You're going to be on the water a lot more. So these guys are going to be a lot more dialed in to what's going on um, and what the timing is on, on you know, certain patterns, which I think is going to bring up the weights more than people think. All right. I, I like it. I want to talk like a little more tour and a little more you. Um, this year, you, I, I believe, lived out of the back of your truck for every event. Um, I think, and uh, it was your first year on tour. You're pretty, you know, pretty fresh out of college. Like, what are you doing outside of fishing? Because uh, you mentioned work, so you've got something else going on. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just what was it like? Uh, just from being on the road that much, uh, doing the whole bed of the truck thing. Well, <laughs> um, 
I mean, it's definitely not a, a point of pride, but it is more of a necessity this year. Um, I did. I was able to to sleep at at a hotel at um, for Detroit mm, and big time. Yeah, <laughs> and Smith Lake. Those are the those are the only two I, I was able to uh, afford a hotel. But yeah, it, it's um, it's not all sunshine and roses. Uh, for the people that that want to get into it, I it doesn't bother me living that way um, on tour because I know how badly I want it or wanted this year. So it it didn't really phase me at all, and and I'm sure I might, you know, if I'm able to make it in the sport, I, I could look back on that day and say, wow, that that was brutal, that was a low. <laughs> but um, I'm thankful that I was able to go through and see what kind of the lowest of the low was that the sport had to offer. Um, and it showed me just how hard you have to work and want this because it's, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, you, once you get out here and see what it's actually like, it's a completely different, I mean, I had, I had perceptions of, of what this year was going to be like, and it was completely different than than what I what I expected. Um, like Open than... Show, be going. Go What's ahead. That? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say, um, going into Okeechobee, I, you know, as bad as I wanted to fish professionally, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. I, um, I was able to afford, you know, just my down payment. And the entry fee for Lake Okeechobee, and even in the back back of my mind, I had a lot of confidence going in, but I didn't know because I, I needed a check or better to even fish the rest of the year, or just to get going for um, for the next tournament. Not even to get ahead whatsoever. So it, it was it was scary, and luckily, and thankfully, I did. Thankfully, I jumped on it. Um, but man, so the guys that, that are looking to get into it, um, I would say set yourself up a lot better than how I did it. Make sure you have, um, make sure you have a backing, make sure you have, um, secure, a security blanket for yourself because there, it's going to be a rough road. It's not going to go exactly how you planned it. All right. What are some like really good tips for living out of the back of your truck, or do you not really have any? <laughs> oh, I I have learned um, some serious tips. If you're going to Lake Okeechobee, um, make sure to bring a bug net because that they have <laughs> what I found are the worst mosquitoes. I mean, bird-sized mosquitoes. And you're from up north. I mean, they got serious mosquitoes and up I north. Thought, I thought we had a bad up here. Not even close. I mean, the first day, the first night, I, I slept I slept in the back of the truck. You know, it was fine because it was like 50 degrees at night, perfect sleeping weather. Then the next day, it was hot, it was humid, and it was almost like, it sounded like a train was coming towards the truck. I, I didn't really know what was going on, but it, I could hear this overwhelming hum in the air. And in about three seconds, there had to be about, hundred thousand mosquitoes just blistering <laughs> so bug nets bug nets are a big thing um get yourself a nice blow-up mattress something that will uh suffice as a single bed a good sleeping bag so those early season tournaments are cold uh you want to be comfortable you want to have a good night's sleep so those are two big ones all right I think that's uh, I think those are pretty smart ones, especially the bug net one. I feel like is gonna come oh in clutch. Oh my gosh, that was that was murder. I I had to sleep in the cab of the truck. That was terrible. <laughs> that was it was just that bad. Gosh, it was terrible. Yeah, I remember. I, I feel like I, it, I I did the ride along with you guys at Harris, and I feel like you guys both had a lot of bug bites going on. And uh, maybe oh that was still God. a hangover from Okeechobee, or maybe. That was just wow. fresh from Harris, but man, I it is a stroke of luck that I didn't get some sort of disease from the amount of bug bites I got. 
<laughs> well, it's I'm glad that you uh, are still alive and didn't and didn't die halfway through the season. I'm glad you've made the Forest Cup. Uh, that's... <laughs> that's phenomenal stuff. I guess before I let you go, um, obviously, good luck down at Wachita. I'll see you there. Where can folks yep. follow you? Where can they get more uh, Cody Honor? Uh, they can follow me on my uh, my Instagram. It's it's pretty simple, Cody Hunter Fishing. Um, otherwise, add me on Facebook. Um, just my name. Um, I'd love to hear and I love watching people's fishing stories and following along with their years and seeing their pro- progressions. Um, so you can follow me on either one of those two. All right. Well, man, thanks so much for taking the time. And, uh, you know, good luck. And obviously, uh, I guess... Hopefully not quite as bad bugs at the Forestwood Cup. So, oh, you know, no, this is, uh, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> living, we're living large this week. We're getting the hotel. Oh, there you go, <laughs> guaranteed check. He's got a hotel. The man is moving up in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, I'll see you down in uh, in Arkansas real shortly. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to say one more thing. If there's any high school or college anglers that ever have any questions on um, moving up to this level or what it's like or just fishing it um, in general, um, feel free to to message me on Instagram or Facebook. I love answering questions. And do not be scared. I, whatever question you got, ask me. Fire away. I mean, you've, you. you've done it. You've done college fishing to uh, the Coast mm-hmm. FLW Series to the tour. Like, you did the whole thing. That's you're the man for that. You know, that's, you've done the progression. So you're ready to rock. I like it. I've, I've seen the highs and lows. So if you have something that, that you're frustrated about in your fishing or you're interested about, feel free to, feel free to shoot me a text message. I'll, I'll probably have some input on it. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, man. And take it easy. Yeah. Thanks for having me on Jody. We'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, so Kyle, I guess uh, right off the bat, let's go ahead and let's talk Erie. It's the second stop of the Coast of FLW Series Northern Division. Uh, mm-hmm. We got like 170, 180 plus boats in this derby, so another big one. The New York Division seems to be working pretty well so far. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, it's not actually called the New York Division, but maybe it should be. Maybe there should be a BFL Division called the New York Division. Uh, hint, hint to the <laughs> people who aren't listening to this who would be able to make that happen. Um, anyhow, it's, uh, it's, I mean, there's going to be hogs. So many oh, hogs. Oh, yeah. I think we've probably talked about this before, and we're going to do some Coast to Challenge picks in a second and probably dial into some favorites and, vo- and stuff to watch. But from what I, uh, first of all, I would definitely recommend reading Colin Moore's preview story. Uh, it was oh, yeah. excellent. It's uh, typically beautiful writing because it's by Colin. It also mm-hmm. includes some really good, like some facts and figures, like how you know all the state records in New York are coming out of Erie, and how there's ultra hogs there, and some stuff about gobies, and it's like basically the it's crushing it. Um, well, and the one thing I thoroughly enjoyed is there's a wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald reference in there. Which is, like, kind of your jam. Do you want to sing the whole song for us right now? (laughs) I don't know if we have, like, nine minutes uh, of... I don't don't know if we want nine minutes of me singing. We have the time. I don't know if we want... Yeah, Kyle, we've got the time, and here's the thing. People people listen to this because they want to hear your voice. They're not interested (laughs) in content. They're interested in you. I feel so sorry for those people. (laughs) So, folks, I mean, look, when Circuit Breaker left they had to default to something and they were like where do i get more Kyle? <laughs> this is the place oh the podcast duh yeah so hit it well if you're not if you're not familiar with the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald you should listen to it it's a yes. lovely song uh i hum it to myself every time i'm going out on big water which is probably bad but uh um it's a it's a good tune if you like eight minute long songs yeah there's a really good uh I'm, I'm looking up the lyrics right now because there's a one turn of phrase that I am just in love with. Um, and I just got to find the dang thing because it is, it's so beautiful. And I think it sums up like kind of, oh, here it is. 
it, I feel like it really sums up some of that feeling you get sometimes when it's really big water and you're really like a little bit concerned. Um, mm-hmm. And it goes, does anyone know where the love of God goes when the waves turn the minutes to hours? Oh, yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah. Gordon Lightfoot was on point, man. Because, like, we've all, well, I say we've all, hopefully you haven't because you've been smart. But <laughs> realistically, I am not always smart. I, there was a time when I was young and dumb, and uh, I am oh, still yeah, dumb. Uh, yeah. And, like, you've occasionally, especially if you grew up on Champlain or Mille Lacs or, like, some of these big ponds or the Great Lakes, uh, Mm-hmm. You're going to get in some situations where you're like, oh, man. And that's kind of it where, like, you are you know you got to get from point A to point B. And all of a sudden, every 20 feet seems like just a mountain to climb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, man. Lake Huron rolls. Superior sings in the rooms of her ice water mansion. Mm. He's a lyrical uh, genius. Yeah, the islands and bays are for sportsmen. Uh, so, like, <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, the thing about Lake Erie and the uh, Buffalo and the Lake Erie, where this takes out of, there aren't any islands or bays. Oh, no. No, it's just that's the, that's the thing. Lake Erie. <laughs> um, but there are tons of smallmouths. So, basically, like, the idea is that while the Thousand Islands gets a lot of press and St. Clair gets a lot of press... And, look, the Great Lakes are all awesome fishing. We might actually be hitting the best part of... The the maybe biggest weight section of the Great Lakes right now. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, we're hitting it at a little bit of the wrong time. Later in the year, it'd be better. But, like, I get hyped for this. Because we've seen tournaments on Erie before, and it's very likely... That this tournament will blow out of the water a lot of previous Erie tournaments from a weight perspective, from a 20-pound bag perspective, uh, just, like, from a big fish perspective. Like, I think there's a really good chance this tournament is really awesome, even though there's a lot of fish that are post-spawny, like the word St. Clair, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe not like at Champlain because a lot of those fish were on beds, but like we're, like we've seen... You know, when you hit a place a little bit early, yeah, maybe you don't see your total. Maybe the weights aren't exactly what they could be, but you can get a really good taste. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, legitimate chance at seeing a 7-plus pounder weight in, or maybe multiple of them. Yeah, legitimate chance of a 75-pound winning weight, too. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, It took, like, 64 pounds to win this last time. It's going to take more than that, unless... It's a two-day tournament or a one-day tournament. Or right, yeah, weather conditions the, limited. Yeah, definitely. or yep. like the wind is, you know, bad enough that guys can go out, but that it makes things very, very hard to fish. Although, a lot of dudes in this derby running DVs, so, yeah. you know. I mean, let's put it this way. Fonzie and Missouri, they aren't going to care what the weather is. Um, no. Uh, the Johnstons won't. Well, one of the Johnstons will, whichever one doesn't get to fish out of the DP. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guys. Uh, really feel for him. Yeah. Um, so, anyhow, it's going to be awesome. Uh, do you want to pick dudes? Uh, sure. Uh, okay. First off, tournament starts Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. It's at Buffalo and more on FLOFishing.com. Um, do you want to do this, the Johnston swap here? What's your what's your vibe on that? And just, like, start with them, and then we p- actually are only picking four guys each? Do we want to just – or two, four guys total? Do we want to – what do you want to do about this? I, I mean, I'm fine with that. I thought I thought that was kind of fun, right? Yeah. I thought I think – we didn't do that the last one. We I mean, we kind of did the last one, but we did do the Weaver swap before at Seminole. Yeah, yep. I feel like let's let's do a Johnson swap, and then that'll make it a little because there's like a lot of dudes that you want to yeah. have on your team. So now I feel like it's a little more fun with just getting to pick two guys, right? Instead of free reign. Not that you wouldn't want a Johnson on your team, but you could totally make a balling team without the Johnsons. Yes, you could. Uh, so I'll take I'll take Chris because I had Corey at Champlain. Does that work for you? Yes. Yep. I'm fine okay. with that. Chris Johnston, Kyle. Corey Johnston. And now, then do, do you then are we going to pick three guys each or two guys each? 
Ooh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess we probably should have talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, I don't really care. We could do, uh, I think we those... could probably have fun picking three guys each. Well, let's do three. And then those, okay. maybe the Johnsons will be like the make or break your squad yeah, kind of I thing. like it. I like it. I am, I have first pick. You picked first at Champlain. Ah, Took Chris yes. Johnston at Champlain. Good choice. He finished fourth in the tournament. Best of, well, actually, Austin Felix did better. Yeah. Of your picks. Uh, I am going to take uh, Larry or Lawrence Mazur. Ah, good uh, take. Won the Derby last time we were there. He and another guy who's going to get picked very shortly, I'm sure, Joe Fonzi, uh, are team partners there. They win a lot of derbies there. Yeah. They are probably the best U.S.-based anglers on that section of Lake Erie. I think that is a very and good we are gonna, statement. I'm sure, get to some non-U.S.-based anglers here very shortly. Of course, we oh, yeah. started with them, but... Um, well, I think if you take Missouri, I'm taking Fonzie. I think that's okay. just the way it's got to go. All right. That's a great call. Uh, I think that's uh, real smart. Um, I now need to pull up some some information here. Oh, sure, sure. Because, sure. uh, you know, you gotta, I got to be ready to rock here. I mean, um, you know, I... Uh... You know, I actually did a little research yesterday, so I'm slightly prepared, um, which is rare well, a lot of times. You know, preparation is is important. Definitely, uh, I would say. Um, I have a hard time. There's a few guys who I really, really uh, want to roll out in this tournament, um, who I think would be like, I don't know. Like some locally dudes who I think could be fun, but I'm gonna go with Matt Becker. Oh yeah, you uh, feel like you got to because he loves Erie. And granted, this isn't necessarily his end of Erie, but he's been spending some time out there. Uh, only downside of Matt Becker doesn't have the right boat for this. <laughs> no, he uh, does not. Fonzie and Missouri are both running uh, well deep fees. Missouri's got a 5.2 D. Uh, Fonzie's got a like a ranger fisherman kind of thing, but mm-hmm. Becker's out there. He'll be bouncing around in the Phoenix. So good luck with that, Matt. <laughs> All right, Kyle, who you got? Uh, I think I'm gonna take Cal Clemson. Oh, this is a good choice. I like this choice. A, he's got a big boat. B, uh, he won the Berkeley B1 uh, out there uh, on Erie. Uh, last summer, I think he and his it's a team deal. He and his pops, or somebody else, no, or no, I think it was like a buddy of his. Anyway, Cal Clemson's really good at catching smallmouth. He is not a U.S. citizen. He's from Ontario. Uh, and I just uh, kind of to your point, like in this one, it's kind of weird because it's not like the Thousand Islands where you can, you know, like guys can catch them in the river. Or you can cancel the lake, and dudes can still fish around effectively, like. You kind of do want someone that's got a vessel that can allow them to get to some juice. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why uh, Cal's on my squad. All right. I uh, I like that. Um, definitely a fan of that. I am going to pick a uh, guy who is one of sort of the local hammers there uh, from the Canadian side. So we're going mm-hmm. out strong here. And uh, that man is Neil Farlow. Ah, yes. Um, St. Catharines, Ontario, uh, is right next to Niagara Falls, uh, which is right next to Buffalo, which is right next to Lake Erie. Uh, it, all, and, it all comes together. Yeah. And Farlow, he fishes a lot of tournaments there, wins a lot of stuff there. Uh, he's proven a number of times that he can hang in... Coast FLW Series competition. Definitely. So uh, I feel like I really like how I'm finishing my team out. Ooh, man. I I don't know how I want to go with this last one. I got – there's a couple of routes I could go. I got to say, these teams are stacked. I need – I, I need, mean, to, here's go- I need some... to Google something. Okay, Google away. I think that – I think a Bob Azumi could be a fun pick. Um, Azumi think, definitely could. I think uh, 
the Kitek duo could be a fun pick. Either one of them. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those boys have uh, Chris O'Brien and Casey Smith have been putting some time in on Erie. Definitely like the odds there. Uh, I mean, like I I could also go uh, Jim Vitaro. He's got a pretty good record out there. I like it. A lot. Uh, he's an Ohio guy, so not uh, not necessarily his end of the lake, but I would imagine, you know, kind of like to Becker's thing. Uh, you know, he's probably spent some time in there. Probably fished it around enough that he would know some stuff. I mean, I also have this like slight draw to Austin Felix because the dude's pretty good at catching smallmouths, like just in general. Mm-hmm. Really good at catching them when he can look at them. And I am. This is this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. To be honest with you. Uh, crap. How about Ron Nelson? I, he's on my list. I got him written down right here. He's so good. He's hard not to put on. I list. got him. I got him right down below Casey Smith. There you go. There you go. Uh, Ron Nelson's gonna be mad at you that you think Casey Smith is better than him. He said below <laughs> him. That's pretty bad. Uh, well, I mean, I also had uh, Fonzie below Nelson. It was just kind of the random order that okay. I wrote stuff down. That's fair. Uh, Clemson was almost at the bottom of my list. Uh, so what about Scott Wiley? I know you hey, love you some Scott Wiley. I mean, oh, best my mustache. Ronald Young is fishing this tournament. Yeah, Ronald dude, that's Young a long, might die. That's a long trek. Everybody, pray for Ronald Young. Maybe he's got, uh, maybe he's going to fish some largemouths or something. You could in run a, into the river. You could catch fish in the river in this derby. Okay. I think I just got to, I just got to go with it. And, um, oh, man. I'll go with, uh, screw it. I'm going to take Bob Azumi. I think I took him at the last one. But I, God, I just love him so much. Yeah, he did. He totally sank your team. I know. That's why this is maybe redemption. Or it's going to end poorly. One of the two. I don't know. But my decision has been made. I'm going to rip this page out. And that's All right. that's the bet I'm going to lay in. Well, here's the thing. I love Bob Azumi. So don't, you can't re- it's not, you're not going wrong. Well, and I mean, in he fact, also does usually catch him pretty good on the Great Lakes. So. He does. <laughs> I, I bet you you pick him before your last pick at the Thousand Islands. I bet I do. <laughs> he's probably uh, he's I probably picked number one after we split the Johnstons. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, oh gosh, I can't wait for that derby. <laughs> That's gonna be so fun. Um, hogs, so many hogs. Uh, all right, well, Kyle, I think this was a great rundown. I will, so I'm so hyped to uh, let it all hang out in this derby. I wish I was. On the one hand, I wish I was going. On the other hand. It's really windy right now, and I don't super need to go bounce around on Lake Erie when I and take pictures of guys fishing when I'm going to be actually fishing. So yeah, that's fair. It's kind of, and also, you know, I'm very biased against cities, and Buffalo <laughs> is a city. <laughs> there are a lot of people around, and, you know, I just don't like people. Uh, I don't I like traffic lights, uh, and, you know, I don't. I, I just I'm sure that I I I believe that I'm going to be much happier at the Thousand Islands, which is where the next coast of that I cover will be. So, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's good. Yeah, baby. Uh, all right, what's next on the docket here? As we dive deep cup stuff? into Lake Erie, cup stuff. Kyle, do you have any cup stuff? Do we have anything? Is there anything in particular we want to uh, kind of run down or talk about or think about? Uh, prior to the cup um, i would say there's a couple of stories on flwfishing.com that we should maybe call out there one are one of them is about uh, Rose. i do need to um, i need to get my pundit picks up for reads. the cup is what i need uh the practice period for the cup is over now so it's closed down and it's all we're all pointed toward you know game on when it actually starts uh other than that Anything interesting? Uh, I don't really have anything uh, too extensive to add other than I definitely need to get my punnet picks done uh, for fantasy fishing. Same here. I for sure should do that. I picked a team uh, like a week and a half ago, and I like it a lot. Like, it's a good-looking team. Oh, really? I think I'm going to roll with it. 
I just haven't written anything about it. Okay. So it's out there. I won't say it's okay. an easy one to pick. It's not. I mean, they're all super good dudes. But there's definitely plenty of guys in there who are like, yeah, it's a good buy, and they're really good. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my guess. I haven't looked at it at all, but that is what my assumption would be. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it is it is what it is. I think, you know, next week, probably I will be not really on the podcast, but we'll probably have a very cup-centric interview, at least at least one, if not more. And then, of course, the week after is cup week, and we are going to, uh, we're going to crush that. You know, we'll have a fantasy oh, yeah. fishing preview and all that jazz, and that'll be, that'll throw you right into it, I would say. It'll be, be a good time. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, I guess that being the case, we can kind of flip on over to the Costa FLW High School Fishing Summer Camp. Kyle, you were there. Uh, I'm guessing you taught people things. Uh, you also wandered around. Tell me about this. What went down? Because, you know, there was like 20 seconds where I was like, man, that would be kind of cool to be at. And then I realized I was out fishing on like Champlain or it was like 80 here as opposed to 100 there. So I kind yeah. of then rethought that but it looked like a pretty good time it was pretty cool it was uh, uh i think there were 120 kids somewhere in there i mean there were kids from florida texas california i think the farthest the team came was somewhere in oregon that's a long way there was a yeah uh but it was a super cool deal like they got all kinds of cool swag uh they had this like um, they had a dinner the first night, which was Wednesday night. Uh, I guess was kind of the first day of the camp. Registration started at like 2 or something. That's when kids rolled in. They got to stay in the dorms at Murray State. Um, they got shuttled around. We did some stuff at, at Ken Lake, um, like outside there at a couple of the little pavilions. They had some stations set up. Uh, the following day on Friday, they did some stuff at the FLW home office. Uh, so they got a tour around there. They got to listen to a bunch of different stuff. A um, lot of juicy stuff. I mean, like, honestly, if, if I was in high school and that was a thing, I would have for sure been all about that. Because, I mean, there were a lot of kids, right, they're high school kids. So there were a lot of kids that probably weren't paying as much attention as they should have. But there were definitely a lot of kids that I think took away some really, really cool stuff. Um, whether it's, like, learning about fishing or learning about how to handle the industry as a general, how to conduct yourself, um, you know, in kind of a professional manner on social media and all that good stuff. I mean, it literally covered every inch uh, of kind of the fishing industry from doing it to working in it uh, to being around it and all that jazz. It definitely, like, it probably should have been a week-long thing with the amount of info that was thrown at those kids. But, um, no, it was cool. It was really cool. Excellent. Um, I'm glad of that. Uh, I guess, did uh, is, there, is there anything that you would add to next year's or anything like that? Like any room for improvement that you saw? Uh, well, I would A, uh, not do seminars in the warehouse at the FLW office. You know, Bad idea. isn't there not air conditioning out there? No, no, definitely not. They had big fans. But then it made it like kind of hard for kids to hear with these giant industrial sized fans blowing on. So you know maybe like some venue tweaks, but other than that, um, I think it was pretty like for the first year, actually like ran pretty smooth. I mean, not that I doubt Costa or our FLW staff, but yeah. But whenever you're doing a new thing, I mean that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Definitely. Uh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it seemed cool. I'm sure they'll do it again. Uh, I guess, obviously, stay tuned for when those announcements would be, because uh, people seem to like it a lot um, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you got a chance to just, like, have dinner with uh, Andy Morgan and just listen to him talk about fishing, you should probably jump on top of that. Yeah, you want to do that. That would be a good thing to do. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, moving up to people who are a little bit older, uh, 
will go over the Yeti <laughs> FLW College Fishing Northern Div- Conference Tournament. Yeah, there you go. On uh, Cayuga. <laughs> uh, do that real quick. Anyhow, um, let's see. Uh, good on me for closing out the tab that I had open with that. Ah, well done. Uh, nice work there, Jody. Um, but anyhow, it was on Cayuga. Adrian College won, uh, which they have been uh, winning a lot lately. Uh, Miles Jackman and Zachary Graham were the dudes who won that one. They caught 20 pounds, 2 ounces. In second place, Virginia Tech University, a team of Perry Marvin and Jeffrey Cullop got sec- uh, uh-huh. caught 18 even. And SUNY Cobleskill, a uh, team of Tristan Bauer and Drew Tiano, uh, had 16-5 for third. Another Adrian College team in fourth. Uh, UMass Amherst in fifth. Uh, pretty decent number of good bags. Um, the uh, the Adrian duo caught their fish, like fishing a shoreline with docks. Uh, they fished a frog some. They fished a popper some. They fished a uh, jig some. You know, a little bit of docks, a little bit of seawall, a little bit of pads, a little grass. You know, basically, like just what you would fish if you were going to like kind of pop around up shallow for largemouth and uh mm-hmm. i mean it doesn't say if they caught any um smallmouth but i kind of get a vibe that they caught all largemouth um and they uh really crushed them because like 20 pounds is a good bag on cayuga it, sometimes you know like 23 pounds will win tournaments there but 20 is like real solid especially for a college tournament so you know Congrats for sure. to uh, Zachary and Miles. Definitely. Uh, and also go Hokies. Um, <laughs> all right. What's uh What's up next? We got some BFLs. We did. We had uh, three of them. Two of which were on the Ohio River at different points of the Ohio. Oh River. wow, my favorite. Oh yeah, get buckle yourself in, boys. Uh, the well, I guess one of them was an, an Illini Division event on the Ohio River at Golconda, which is really not that far upstream on the Ohio River from, like, Kentucky and Barkley. Yeah, the thing about it's that is like, guys can run down into the Tennessee River and and the Cumberland River if they want to. Yeah, lock, yeah. They got a lock, but they can do it. Uh, Mike Quinlan won that one with 11 pounds, 13 ounces. Not bad. That's Not bad. Um, he actually said he fished close to takeoff in Lusk Creek. I have no idea what that is, but there you go. He caught eight fish. Uh, Texas rig Zoom Ultra 5 Speed Craw with a quarter-ounce tungsten weight was the jam. Shallow water, stumps, laydowns, like a lot of wood cover. Um, flipped it on 20-pound K9 fluorocarbon. Never heard of it. Me neither. Sounds like a dog-related thing. It's a thing. I Googled it. Uh, I mean, cool. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. He thought the winning weight would come near the uh, Barkley Dam. It didn't. He won. Uh, There were actually several limits in the top ten. There were one, two, three, four, five, six. Not bad. Yeah, that section of the river is not, like, the worst. Uh, No. We saw that in the... Uh, Costa Championship as well, where I think mm-hmm. pretty much everybody came out of like Tennessee River uh, as far as the top 10 because a smallmouth bite was on. It was f- more in the fall, but like definitely there's some potential in that Ohio, that section of the Ohio as well. Yeah. Guess what Big Bass was? Uh, Was it a six pound smallmouth? <laughs> it was a six pound, eight ounce something. <laughs> oh. But that's a great big one. Yeah, that's huge. Like, that's giant. And on the co-side, it was a 5.5. Five. Dang. Right? Talking about hogs. That was good for ninth place. <laughs> it was only one fish. Uh, it took three bass for 7.11 to win. Mm-hmm. All dude was calling their tie for the fir- for first. Aaron Arning. And oh, Dean yeah, there Brown. was. Yeah, there was a co-angler tie. Um, but I guess uh, enough of that. Let's go to the other... Uh, Ohio River tournament. It was the Buckeye Division. Uh, that was at Maysville. 
uh, which I would assume is like uh, more towards place. Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one, not quite as cool. Pat White won it five fish, nine pounds, one ounce. Um, Hashtag so Ohio. He fished like, he fished the main river stuff and some creeks, basically through like a whole bunch of crap. Uh, like, he flipped a jig with a super chunk junior on it. He uh, threw some crankbaits. Um, Flipped a brush hog, flipped a chigger craw. I mean, like, just all over the place. But he caught, you know, he caught five. There were actually several five fish limits in this one, too. Nine out of the top ten, which is, like, pretty impressive. That's great. I love to see that. Do you know what the big bass of this tournament was? Three seven. Two thirteen. <laughs> do you, oh man, that's so. Do you know? Do you know what big bass on the co-angler side was? Three seven. Two fourteen. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> got him by an ounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark Dove got fourth. Um, that's great. Any any relation to Kurt Dove? I don't know. I don't either. Probably not. But maybe. Uh, there are definitely some dudes who I, whose name I always see in here, particularly Chris Wilkinson and Chris Martinkovic. Uh, so more top. I was just going to bring that up. Yep, cashing chicks. Yeah. Also, uh, I think that Brody Campbell, who finished fifth, uh, fished in college a bunch, and I think he may have a very interesting deck on his boat. Uh, uh, like you might do some stocking on yeah, social like some media. Fancy looking carpet. I'm probably not going to do it now because I've already googled enough stuff in this tournament in this uh, uh, episode. <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying it might be that person. Gotcha. Uh, well, the final BFL of the weekend was a Shenandoah Division event on the James River, which uh, we also just had a James River BFL last weekend, but it was a Piedmont Division, so. Uh, we're back, back at it. Back. Ben Jacoby won it with 19 pounds even. Um, he actually won this tournament last year uh, in 2017. Uh, said he basically stayed on the main river f- flipping uh, like hardcover you know, wood and stuff at, at the mouth at creeks. Um, threw a uh, hog, snatcher, hog snatcher jig and creature baits. So he kept it pretty discreet. Uh, but he said he just kind of like went with the flow, caught some fish here, caught some fish there, bada bing, bada boom, 19 pounds, and, you know, took the win by like two ounces. So kind of close. The weights were pretty decent um, all the way down. And I don't think conditions were like the best Dude, uh, while they were there. check that boater big bass. I, check that yes, co-angler big bass. <laughs> Eight eight one for the pro big bass, and uh, seven thirteen for the co. Oh, talking about hogs. Now that's more James River. Yeah, that's right? what like, you think of. You go down to the good weights, like but like hog. great big ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, not a bad, not a bad tournament there. Excellent day. And uh, that's it. That's all I got for BFLs. Wow, great job, Kyle. Oh, thank you. Uh, do you want to talk about anything else? Is there anything that you have on your mind that we should hit on? Or are we going to just call it and be, like, really clean and efficient and get people a lot of smally talk and a little bit of updates, and that's the deal? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm fine with calling it. I wish I had some fishing to talk about, but I didn't. I haven't really done all that much fishing since I got back from the coast of camp. I have been fishing. Uh, I fished on Champlain Friday and Saturday and a little bit Sunday. And let me tell you, Friday was bomb. Uh, it was great. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, and then Saturday was good too. And so it was Sunday cause it's Champlain and I love that place. Uh, Oh, so you're going to win the open? No, I'm not, but I'm going to try cause why fish if you're not going to try and win, right? Uh, true that. But probably, that. probably, uh, probably David Fibre will run to tie and win. He's yeah, due probably. to win a derby on Champlain. I don't know if he ever, I mean, I'm sure he has, I guess. Uh, we're gonna. You know what? We're gonna Google one more thing. <laughs> I was gonna say I was just starting to type it yeah. in. 
Uh, now, I just Googled FLW Dave Lefebvre because I know he's mostly fished us, and I can't think of a Bass Open he's won. He won a TH uh, Marine on BFL Champlain. on Cayuga. So see here. Um, doo, 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 doo. Uh, no, he has not. Uh, nope. One on Champlain. So yeah, he's due. But he's like that Northeast region. He's got a couple wins: Potomac, Cayuga, uh, Champlain. I guess that's about it. So maybe, yeah, maybe he'll add yeah. it. Man, if he was in uh, this. If they didn't have an Elite Series event this week and he was in this Costa, I probably would have put him on my team. Uh, yeah, he probably would have loved to be fishing that derby. Definitely. Uh, I would think. So, that's uh, that's your Dave Lefebvre update. Bet you didn't think there you were going to get that today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, the places we can go. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you never know. But, that's why you listen to the end. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'm so I'm doing Champlain related things all next week, uh, which means Kyle, you are gonna be creating our content. Uh, yeah, I'll probably get on the line with Kurt or something. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we got a few, I would say, like you know, a few more Forest with Cuppy stories that are kind of gonna be hitting the web uh, pretty soon. We got some picks coming up. Uh, I'm working on them. So far, only one person oh, yeah, has got their picks back in. to me. I'm sure Kyle will be <laughs> added to that list soon. I'm all over. Um, and uh, we just got... It's going to be a fun uh, couple of weeks on FLWFishing.com. So I would say go there. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the place to be. You can also email us, right, Kyle? You absolutely can. Podcast at FLWFishing.com. Uh, send us your questions, comments, concerns. Uh, maybe you want to yell at us about something. That's cool. Uh, maybe you just want to say, hey, maybe you want to tell us your cat's name. Whatever, man. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, please also include videos of said cats. <laughs> that is the ideal scenario. Um, you can find uh, Kyle on Instagram at Kyle Lumber. You can find me on Instagram at Jody Blanco. Uh, you can find FLW on a number of social media platforms. Uh, FLW Official on Snapchat, FLW Fishing, basically everywhere else. Uh, mm-hmm. That you could uh, that you could dream to follow along, um, Kyle. I guess that about does it. Would you say? I think so, man. All right. Well, man, it was uh, a pleasure talking with you. I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah. Have fun. I guess uh, I won't really talk with you until I see you at the cup. So uh, you know, have fun doing your thing, and everyone else, we'll see you. <laughs>